Hey, yo, hey, yo. Hey, 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 hey. What's up, my guy? What is it? What did it do, baby boo? <laughs> it do good. It do good. It do good. My name is Obed. My name is Jotham. And this is... And this is... OJ. Oh, dude. We both, we both missed it on that one. We missed it. We missed it. We tried. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Because it, it do good. It do good. It do good. It do be good. What's been man. new, man? Uh, dude, When I don't know if I've told you this, but I can't... When I drink coffee, I can't sleep, man. Well, I mean, it's caffeine, so... But, like, if I drink coffee even early in the day, like, let's say, if I drink coffee at 4 p.m., I still can't sleep at night. Why are you drinking coffee at 4 p.m.? <laughs> well, what's what's wrong with that? I don't know. I feel like coffee is more of, like, a morning thing. But at the same time, people do, like, go out for coffee and stuff, and it's, like, like, like late afternoon, which is, I guess is acceptable. Yeah. But I can't, I, man, I, I, I just can't sleep at night, bro. Yeah. What's, like, are you, like, what's been going on? Like, is it, like, anxiety? Is it just, no, like... No, the coffee. It's just the coffee. Yeah, it's the coffee. It doesn't let me Dang, sleep. dude, stop drinking coffee, then. I swear, every time I drink coffee later than, like, not even later than, like, not, like, 8 p.m. or something. Even coffee, if I drink, I'm, if I'm drinking coffee at 4 I'm not going to sleep that night. Every time. I've documented it. I have it written down. I had a hypothesis. <laughs> documented. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What was your, your, so your hypothesis was that you were not sleeping because you were drinking coffee? Yeah, I'm not sleeping because I'm drinking coffee. I got to stop it. Did you, did you try, like, to have a day where you didn't drink coffee and see, like, if you slept? Well, I, I, have, I mean, I mostly don't drink coffee. Oh, okay. So, those days I sleep fine. Gotcha. Nah, coffee, like, that's, for me, that's a morning thing, you know? Yeah. Like I, I usually don't drink coffee, but whenever I do, it's like, I, I do it because I'm tired and I need something to get me going. Yeah. How funny, man. Coffee and church. Coffee and church? Coffee and church. They're like best friends, aren't they? Low-key... I've never been out to coffee more than when I went to to college with you guys. Yeah. Because I, I think it's also a Portland thing. Yeah, probably. Because, like, Portland is, like, flipping coffee central. Everybody, it's like, everybody goes there for coffee because there's so many coffee shops. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I never knew that coffee, like, getting out, going out for a coffee with some person was such a common thing in church but it was actually like super common so now like i i i actually like it i think it's it's like the perfect way to like um connect with somebody it's like you know get a coffee sit down have a chat and like yeah. almost like every like a lot of like the really good chats i've had with people have been like over a coffee and just shooting the breeze for sure yeah that's definitely not a thing where i'm from either yeah, it's like I came over here. And I'm like everybody's I'm like, what's the big deal about coffee? You know, what's the big deal? What's the big deal, dog? What the big deal is, bro? You know, like who like caught the coffee bug like hard? Mm. 
I'm gonna say his name, but like Victor Melbarosa. <laughs> Bro, like he caught it so bad. So hard. And now like he's 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 in Brampton now and homie is like struggling because there's maybe like one good coffee spot in Brampton. <laughs> and it's just like the rest is like booty. <laughs> it's all like Tim Hortons. It's like, oh shoot, man. Yeah, he's gotta make his own coffee, which he does. He does. Like he always gets like the I don't know what the coffee beans are. Like, little, but... Yeah, that little thing that you grind it on your own. Yeah, yeah. The, well, I forget what it's like called. Like, and then you, you what's that called? The little thing where you, and then you put the be- the grinds in, and you put the drip the water through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the pour over or something. The I pour over. Called. Yeah, I don't know. What, yeah, I don't know what, that's what they call it. Pour over coffee, but I don't know what the name of that that instrument contr- is. that contraption. The contraption. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It, it it kills me, man. He kills me. One of my homies. <laughs> he kills me. Yeah. Save God, man. That's a good dude. Good man. Good man. Anyway, man. Coffee and church, bro. So today's episode is about coffee and church. You know? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny how all churches everywhere have coffee now? Oh, like like a little, like, cafe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, low key. When I uh, like my my old church that I used to go to, when like we we announced like, oh, we're gonna put a cafe in the church, we're all like, oh, this is so like groundbreaking. This is like innovational. This is crazy. Uh-huh. And then like I go to like, every other church, and, like they all have cafes. Like oh, yeah. Wait. I guess I guess we weren't that innovational or groundbreaking. I thought, yeah, I thought it was the coolest thing ever when I had when I went to a church with a cafe in it. I was like, this is groundbreaking. Yeah. This is this is like finding another gal- another dimension, like groundbreaking. Because we're tired, you know. It's early morning on Sundays, bro. Yeah. Especially if you got to serve and be there at like eight a.m. Like, bro, we just came off the Saturday night having a good time, maybe staying up late. Now we're there at eight in the morning, half awake. You know, and you're still you're there. You know, like, oh shoot, there's coffee, bro. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's coffee. Yeah, anyway, that's neither here nor there. That's not what we're going to talk about today. Nah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally doesn't even. There's no. There's 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 no, no there's, there's no, no direction you could go. Yeah, there's there's no, no direction you could go with that. The Bible says. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> the demon's to... bean. <laughs> yeah. The devil's trying to get you with the coffee. And There's someone out there who thinks that. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, probably. Some Karen out there. Anyway. Some Karen, oh my gosh. <laughs> the Karens get you, man. They always get you. <laughs> All right, man. Today, we're going to be talking about... Um, well, I, I actually like a tough subject because there's... We don't want to offend anyone. And there's... Um. So there's there's that. So it's very sensitive, but there's a dynamic in the church world and different churches and things like that mm-hmm. that tends to go one way or the other for a lot of churches. Not not all churches, but lots of them, a number of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this dynamic of you know of the work of the Spirit, like the Holy Spirit. Um, and 
like biblical knowledge. Um, some churches are very spirit-filled, which is good, which is good. We want spirit-filled churches, um, as far as me and Jotham agree, Yeah, uh, which is good. Um, and then there's, there's churches that are, that are all about the Word of God, which is also good. Me and Jotham agree. Yes. Um, but there's a dynamic there where some churches tend to go on to the extremes of these two cases. Um, like some churches are all spirit filled and spirit led and don't ever open the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are other church on the opposite side. There are churches who always open the Bible and read it and have so much knowledge, but, but they're not spirit filled. Mm. churches and there's this dynamic this tension between the two mm. um, and I think what Jotham and I are trying to basically at, at the end of what we're going to of all that we're going to say what, what we're going to come down to is there needs to be both yeah um, in these churches spirit filled churches and word of knowledge or like knowledge filled you know Basically, like we talked about last week, the literate church, you know? Yeah. Being able to know your Bible and read it. And churches that know their Bible and read it and apply it and that kind of thing. Mm. There's got to be both. And so um, there are some complications on either side of them. And despite whether you're, what your church leans towards, um, I've... I feel like there has to be a balance, but finding that balance is quite difficult, mm. um, especially like me. I think about I want to church, plant churches, right? And I want to be a church planner. Right. And I think about I think about this kinds of things all the time is like, how am I going to create this sort of environment for the people in my congregation? Um like a place where people know their Bible and are very sound doctrinally and mm. that kind of thing, but also are very spirit filled and spirit led people. Right. Know? And so tell me, Jotham, I want to know um, what kind of, comp what kind of things you see, like some issues or some complications that a church might have, when they lean on either side of the spectrum? Mm, um, that's, that's good. Uh, good question. Um, I think from experience, the, the one I think I can uh, speak the most accurately about, I think is when there's a church that is all, all spirit, but no word. Yeah. Um, it's more based off of like experiences rather than, like solid truth. And I think yeah. that that environment breeds a lot of wacky theology mm -hmm. and you can begin to think kind of off things about God or kind of off things about uh, just life in general. And you can kind of begin to believe things and do things that really aren't biblical. And then that kind of creates a contradictory, a, a contradictory or contradicting relationship between um, 
someone's spiritual life and, and the word. And that's never a, a good look. Um, so I think that's yeah. like the one challenge I've, I've noticed when I look at like a, a church that's more leaning on the spirit than it does on the word. And when it comes to like a church that leans more on like the word and doesn't really have any of the spirit, I think, huh? I think it's hard because you have some churches who like, I think anybody who reads the word properly will also pursue the spirit and will pursue like the spiritual aspect of, of, of Christianity rather than just all Bible. But I think in the instance, in the instances of a church that leans mostly on biblical knowledge rather than having any spiritual um, realm to their relationship with God, I think that kind of breeds a bit of pompousness Mm-hmm. I've noticed and just kind of like a uh, a very like knowledge based religion. Yeah. You know, it's not really about um, your relationship with God and then having that relationship with God change you and and uh, make you into the person you're supposed to be. It's more just about like, oh, the Bible says this, they'll so do this whether you want to or not. And I think we should still align our lives with the truth, whether we like it or not. But yeah. I think... They, there's like a lot of uh, there's a lack of grace there's a lack of grace there's a lack of um i think relatability in a way as well like it's just sometimes there's not a lot of um there's a tunnel vision in a way you can't really see other perspectives of christianity or different ideas if it deviates from your preconceived idea of what the bible says and sometimes, yeah. you know, you can have people, I don't want to like assume that people who are mostly like this, like devoted to the word, but like don't really acknowledge the spiritual aspect. Uh, I don't think they have bad theology, but I think you are kind of limiting yourself yeah. and you're limiting God in a way. Cause you're kind of saying like, well, I don't want to see God move in this way, you know, and they will, yeah. you, then you're cutting yourself off from so many opportunities of God showing up in a really powerful and meaningful way. For sure. How about you? What do you think? Like are some yeah, some think, challenges? I think some challenges, uh, like you said, um, experience. Like there's like the experienced based theology, like where it's like, well, in my experience, yeah, mm. and it's like, well, your your experience doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the word of God is what reigns supreme over everything. You can say whatever you want, right? But that's gone. I mean, that's not what the Bible says, you know, right? Um, but like places that are, I, I feel like for spirit led churches, they're like over spiritually led, I guess you can say is like, um, a lot of times those churches, like I'm saying like, it's good in terms of, you know, they're spirit led, the Holy Spirit's doing something in that church. Mm. Um, but it's like, well, when you go out of church, and somebody asks you a question about the Bible, it's like, well, you know, it's not mm. really, it doesn't come down to how you feel or, right. or what you experience. It comes down to the biblical truth. And it's like, I'm, I'm finding it hard. Like, how are you going to, even in a, in a situation where you have to defend your faith, it's like, well, no one's going to take how you feel for truth, you know? right um, truth is truth regardless of how you feel and so 
um, that I feel like that's really a, a complication because like it's like like we said yes last week you know you don't know your Bible and it's like and I'm not saying that they don't know their Bible what I'm saying is like the extreme right the word yeah. the balance and so there's this there's this balance that's that I think has to take place but on the flip side um, churches that have a lot of uh, like more word based it's like there's not really uh, they're missing I feel like it's missing an aspect of intimacy with God oh yeah, yeah that's good actually and so if you think about like the fair, like some of those Pharisees when Jesus was like you know you know the word and you know all this but like you don't know me mm. you don't know me um it's like they've never experienced him intimately and i think that's what some churches can can do they can miss out on that that intimate relationship with god like they may know of him know about him um even know everything there is to be about the bible Mm. but there isn't like a connection with God intimately on a personal and deep, a deep and personal level. Right. You know? And so there are some, there are some complications on either side. And for me, I, I, this question keeps me up at night. Like, how am I going to balance the two? Like, how am I going to have a spirit led church, but also a church that, is strong in the word of God and like knows their faith and knows how to defend their faith and knows, you know, where to go for, for what scriptures to look for or know, you know what I mean? Different themes of the Bible, different, mm-hmm. um, you know, find how to find, you know what I mean? Like just know their Bible in and out and kind of know these ideas of the Bible and stuff like that is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Yeah, so there is a balance that that there's got to be there, and and it's hard because uh, some, <laughs> um, yeah, there's disadvantages and also advantages to both, right? Like yeah, there's an advantage to the like very spirit-filled churches, um, right? They know God and like you can feel His presence, and there's like God is doing something in those churches, you know. Mm. and he's showing up and miracles are happening and that kind of thing which is all good and then mm. there's advantages to the other churches where they're like yeah they they have a strong foundation they're maybe they're firm in their faith um, because they know the bible inside and out they can recite passages they can you know what i mean yeah and so i mean there's advantages to both sides as well mm. there are yeah yeah. So I have a question for you. Tell me. Um, so you said you wanted to be a church planter, right? And what, and part of what you were saying was, is like, you want to know how to <clears throat> build the right culture in a church. So like, how would you then, I don't know, bro. That's what I told you. That's what keeps me open. <laughs> you don't know, but like, there's like some ideas, like some yeah. ideas that you would have maybe like, cause I think you might've thought about it before and maybe you yeah. had some like, like uh, epiphanies or just an idea of like, well, maybe I can do this, maybe I can do that. Like yeah. what, 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 what kind of thing would you think you could do? Yeah. I think it's a matter of, um, I think it's like, I kind of said last week, 
you know, the word has to be the word. And we have to teach the word. But not only that, we have to create a culture where people go out and, and like, try to learn and study on their own, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say, like, just letting the, you know, have biblical preaching, gospel-centered preaching, where the Bible speaks for itself. Yep. Um, and not have any kind of ambition through what you're saying or some kind of twist, like what we said last week, kind of twisting it to say what you want to say, yeah. but rather letting the Bible speak for itself and letting the Bible be the basis of everything that you preach. Like there's a lot of preaching that is done. That's like, dude, you didn't even open your Bible that entire, like you didn't even preach out of a verse that entire mm. or a passage or anything, that entire message, you know? Yeah. Um, but like we need biblical preaching, um, and like a cult, a culture that that is like the this is like the Bible, and there's nothing else that we like stand our stand on. You know, mm. if the Bible isn't our foundation, we can't stand. Right, that's um, very true. But also, um, letting there be moments of intimacy. Mm. Um, where people can create kind of that atmosphere where people can connect with God on a mm. deeper level and ushering people into that spirit moment between them and the Lord on a personal level. Um, maybe like an altar call moment or if you've ever, if any of you listening have ever been to an altar call, you know, just basically that time where you can come forward or not even come forward in your seat really and kind of just ask God, you know, just to experience him on a personal level and connect with God. I think there's the two pieces need to be uh, intact all the time, whether it's through worship, um, prayer, like a praying church is, has bears the most fruit, man. Churches that pray, Mm. Churches that pray are are always just so on fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, but I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm trying to learn and getting ideas and things like that. Uh, but it's hard because you want to emphasize both. And there's a yeah. lot of times where uh, maybe a sermon or you know one service goes this way and one service goes the other way and. Mm. maybe God wants to do something here. Maybe God wants to do something there. Right. So it's just like a mixture of like, how are we going to, you know, be Bible based, but let the Holy Spirit lead us, you know? Yeah, it is tough. And I think a big part of like creating a good culture and I, and and like, it is going to take some learning. Um, But I, I think the whole part of that learning process is being open to listen to other people who have done it before. For sure. And hearing what they have to say. But also, like, it's good just to follow the biblical um, model. Model, like, just kind of yes. like, there was both. It was like, they talked a lot about the scriptures of the Old Testament. And oh, yeah. they also, like, you know, you had the people like Paul and Peter, like, writing letters. They never really, I don't think they ever intended those letters to be, um, like, the word of God, essentially. But it did, because the spirit that was on it. Yeah. And 
they all like teach things that are just good to take into into account when you're kind of thinking about how I'm going to build this church, how I'm going to, um, at the end of the day, God builds his church, but like how I'm going to partner sure. with God to create a culture that glorifies him in both how yeah. we read the word, how we interpret the word, how we live out the word, but also how we commune with him and how we allow our spirits to kind of be open before him and let him touch yeah. our, our, our emotions if need be. Um, and I think it is difficult to find that balance and because I think inevitably you're going to have people who will lean more to one side than the other. Yeah. Um, there are going to be some people who lean more towards like the Bible and they spend most of the time just like studying and unraveling things. Yeah. And you know, the people who spend all their time just like listening to worship music and sitting down and just like meditating all the time, you know, it's, you know, yeah. So th- there's going to be a balance of both. I think both are needed to get a, a full picture of who God is. And I think for sure, that's probably the best way to, des- to describe it for me is just mm-hmm. kind of like, if you lean too much on one thing, you're, you're kind of like, you're not getting the full view of who God is. You know, I think you need both. Yeah. You need the spiritual aspect. Yeah. And you also need the word to get a, a, a perfect, well-rounded view of who God is. Yeah. One thing that really, I'm going to be real about this. One thing that really bothers me is mm. those, is some groups of people who are very spirit led and filled, but like it's, but it's more about for some, it's more about like them feeling something mm-hmm. than it is like actually worshiping God. And we've talked about this in our worship remembering our worship episode yeah yeah um where some of the very spirit-filled churches which i mean we hope every church is spirit-filled right mm. but the over emphatic side where they're like and it's all about feeling something and feeling good and feeling happy in his presence and joyful and all this stuff like yeah i mean that's good but i mean that's all good and i think it's a byproduct of maybe worshiping God or being in the spirit or whatever you might say, but like, Mm. that's not the purpose, you know, like that's not the purpose of worshiping God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, I think really bothers me. And I got, I had, I just had, I just had to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's, there's, yeah, it just bothers me is, is, is that, and I have a really hard time with, with that. And to be completely honest, mm-hmm. of like, yeah, it's not about how you feel, man. It's yeah. not about how you feel. Um, it's about worshiping God and giving Him glory. But that's 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 something that's like an issue that I have towards some of those more spirit churches, you know. Mm. Um. But yeah, I I do know what you. But another issue, like you brought up some of the other more biblical scholars churches and they're like mm. you know it's like well we can disregard the spirit no because i i do agree like yeah you are you are disregarding the lord himself you know like god yeah. himself and what he can do because it's kind of saying like you you don't need him and yeah like, you already know it all you know what i mean just kind of mm. slap slap in the face yeah lord you know what i mean yeah, I do. And I think I think the thing about emotions, 
I think we have to better define the role they should play in our lives. Yeah. Uh, I think it might. I think it might have been you who said this, but I'm not sure if it was. It was kind of like emotions are are good co-pilots, but they're bad drivers. Mm. You know, like they can't be the thing that takes you. You know, yeah. through life. I'm gonna take credit for that. I, I, okay. <laughs> I, I remember, like, I heard it. I just couldn't remember where I heard it or who I heard it from. Yeah, emotions um, are emotions are good co-pilots, but they're bad drivers. Yeah, I'm gonna take credit. I'm gonna go ahead. Okay. <laughs> but like, it, it's I think it's true because it's good to like you have emotions, and then I think they're good. You know, in the right, in the if you have a healthier view of them, to be like, okay, like my emotions aren't truth. But they're good. They're good things to have with me to understand what's going on. Like, what do I feel about this? What do I feel about that? And right. I think they're good to also like to have you ask those questions. Okay, why do I feel this way about this? Why do I feel this way about this other th- situation? You know. And I think yeah. they're good to teach you. Like, okay, God might be needing you to change your attitude about this, or yeah. maybe God's trying to tell you, hey, avoid that because He's giving you this emotional response to something. Like, oh, I really don't like that you know, for sure. and maybe God's trying to keep you from something. So I think God gives us emotions for a reason. I don't think our emotions are supposed to just be like completely ignored because then we would just be, you know, robots. Um, I think God wants us to acknowledge our emotions, but to properly control them and to bring them under submission to him to like acknowledge we have emotions, acknowledge we feel things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, submit them to God and be like, okay, like, I feel things, but it doesn't matter that I feel this. I still should do what's right, despite what I feel. Yeah. And do these things for the right reasons, not just to get an emotional response from myself. Uh, and I think that's more of a byproduct of this kind of like the culture and society that we're living in, and that we are very emotionally driven now. Like emotions determine like everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They determine uh, your identity to a degree. So like, I feel like this way, therefore I am this way. So, well, you know, you could feel something, but it'd not be the truth. And, and that's why it's so important, at least for the church to be able to distinguish between um, what emotions are and the role they play in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think one thing that we need to know, or I've, I've, I've carried this word around me, me for a long time. Someone said this, I think one of our professors here at the Bible College said it, they were like, um, they were like, well, when it comes to, when it comes to the spirit and truth, because that's what we're talking about, like the Bible yeah. truth and the spirit and truth, mm-hmm. when it comes to the spirit and truth, it's like, well, if, if there's, um, let's see, well, I'm trying to remember the exact it was like too much, uh, too much word and you dry up, hmm. and like too much spirit and you blow up. <laughs> I, I, I think I know exactly. Do you remember who said that, that one? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly who said that. Yeah, and it's like, well, we need the spirit to come and refresh us and and bring new life and bring new kind of revelation, new you know, passion and that kind of thing. But, um, but, but if we have too much spirit, we're going to blow up because we have no, I guess, like foundation. Not, mm-hmm. I, 
like you know what I mean like in terms of like biblical truth right we'll have no no nothing to kind of come back to you know um once we're up <laughs> someone just came in uh, oh yeah just bumping in there bumping yeah, their music I'm, I'm in, yeah i'm in a classroom right now someone just came in um it's like we have we we don't have that kind of biblical pace, basis to stand on you know when when maybe things might get tough or maybe we don't feel that spiritiness anymore. Spiritiness. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but also, on the flip side, it's like when we there's too much spirit, we, we dry up, right? We don't have that that spirit to bring us refreshing, that spirit to, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's both sides. Um, and so there, there's, like I said before, there's got to be a balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, a balance and i think in your personal life i think it comes down to a personal level mm-hmm. um like me i've 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 learned and i've been wanting to say this i've learned recently more and more um to take time each day and mm-hmm. man sometimes sometimes after a long day of class or work or whatever sometimes i'm just like i can't wait to get to my room yeah I can't wait to get to my room and just like sit, play some worship music, pray, and, you know, pray, read the Bible. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. like that's so refreshing to me. Yeah. Um, sometimes I'm I'm like schools, classes are out and I'm like, man, I can't wait to just go back to my room and just, I, I'm learning to have that kind of alone time and just kind of sit there with God and kind of have that intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um and, but there's, there's requires both, you know, I'll, I'll, for, for me personally, like it comes down to a personal thing, where it's like, I have to, you know, ask the spirit to lead me and fill me and kind of, you know, go with me on this day and surrender my life to him. But then I also got like, I got to read the Bible and let his truth be the basis for my everyday. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. I'm learning that more and more, and so it's it's really good. Um, but yeah. again, we need both. We need both. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How would you? I didn't ask you. Did I ask you? How would you create that culture of having like um, the two dynamics? I think you did answer, but I think I, I did a little bit. Asked. But I, I think I, I pretty much just said, like, you don't just ask people who've done it before and right, yeah, follow yeah. the biblical model. But I think if yeah. you were to ask me personally, like, if I had an idea of how I would do it, what would I do? Yeah. What would you do? Like, off the top of my head, uh, I think I think the pastors really do set the tone for, like, the the atmosphere of the church, you know, sure. and, like, the culture. I think it's important to, like like the pastor, like I, if I'm planting the church, doesn't mean I'm pastoring the church or I'm, or I'm just like just getting it ready and like planting it and stuff. I'm not really sure like what everything means to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a pastor of a church. Okay. I'm a pastor of a church. Okay. How would I set the culture? I think I have to make sure that every, anything I preach is biblical and it's not like, it's not, like, I don't know. I, I have a hard time, like, trying to differentiate between what's best, like, topical 
uh, sermons or like exegetical ones. Exegetical. Which ones is which you said? Like which one's better? Like which one do I think like? Oh, exegetical. Exegetical. That's it. Yeah. Like by far. Yeah. So I think <laughs> like I think probably preaching more exegetically rather than topically. It is like oh, I'm going to preach about this and then just use whatever scripture I can find to to support my topic. Yeah. I think. I don't think I think that's not a bad thing, but I think you could potentially run the risk of just kind of like making different scriptures bend to what you want it to be. And I think you're also going to be teaching your congregation to do that. Yeah. Um, So I think it's important to teach, you know, exegetically and like to take from the Bible and to make sure you're preaching what the Bible intended, like certain scriptures to mean. Um, But also making sure that like you like making sure like, I acknowledge the fact that God is active and moving and that he yeah. isn't just confined to words on a page. And I think God uses the Bible to minister to us and to challenge us. You know, the word of God is like, it says, it's double like a, a, a double-edged sword, you know, it separates between bone and marrow. Like it's active and it's living and it's breathing. Um, yeah. But I think God also moves in, different aspects of life. Like he moves through worship. He moves through prayer. He moves through um, laying on of hands. So I think it's important to also acknowledge the fact that God moves in a spiritual way that sometimes it's not tangible, you know, or rather like not tangible, but it it doesn't exactly make sense. Yeah. But you, you feel it in your heart Like you know, God's moving, you know, God's doing something. And leaving a space for God to move, leaving a space for God to heal, leaving a space for God to do things and acknowledging that God, hey, you have a sickness. God can heal you. He yeah. might, he might not do it right now, but we believe that God's a healer. Yeah. We believe that God is active. We believe God is moving. And I think right. making sure that you have both those aspects of like preaching primarily from the word, but also like having an awareness of what the spirit can do and inviting the congregation to engage and to interact with that mm-hmm. i think that's such a good balance yeah i think at least yeah for sure yeah and that's the age-old question yeah how are we gonna balance the two um i personally like you know like i said earlier getting into the word but also getting into the spirit you know yeah um both of them at the same time not one or the other but both, mm. you know. So, I think we're at our time for today. We've reached a good amount of time. Yeah, it looks but like it. We really encourage you guys. You know, definitely. Um, if you find yourself, if you find yourself on either side of the spectrum, we encourage you. You know, try a little bit of the other side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get get into both. Get into that habit of, you know, the word of God and, and the truth, but also the spirit and vice versa, you know, like both of them together. Yeah. Um, because that, you know, is what we're called to. It's the one-two punch. Yeah. yeah. The, the one-two punch for the Christian life, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I might make a sermon out of that and do it. Hey! One, call it the one-two punch. Let's go. So that would be we'll sick. <laughs> that would be we'll sick, see. actually. But yeah, we thank you everyone for joining us today. 
and uh, we'll we'll we're praying for you guys, and yep. we'll see you all again next week. Yes, you shall. Thank you. Thank you.